welcome to the Wumlik Show, episode number 32. Today our guest is Thijs Verhoyl. He's the founder of United Wardrobe, a very interesting marketplace for second-hand fashion. You might have heard about his uh, biggest competitor, Vinted, who became a unicorn only two weeks ago. And we are talking about what made United Wardrobe so successful in the Netherlands uh, during the last years, why he is exporting his business into France and other countries, and how is he going to win the marketplace race? Is it going to be one by just spending more money than all the others, like Vinted is doing it right now, or are there more special components for the success of United Wardrobe? I think Thais has a very good answer to all these questions, and um, as a co-moderator in this episode, I had uh, Wilhelm Blom, also host of the Wimblex podcast uh, um, in Amsterdam, and it was a very, very entertaining 45 minutes talk. Um, of course, we've talked about technology as I'm the founder and co-CEO of Spryker Systems, the e-commerce software everybody's talking about right now, also in the Netherlands, but now have fun with Thais and all the questions regards United Wardrobe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wimlex podcast. Today, Alexander and myself, Willem, are joined by Thijs Verhul. Thijs Verhul is the founder of United Wardrobe. He started it as a secondhand marketplace for fashion around six years ago. Yes. Thijs, welcome to the show. Welcome, could you, everybody. Could you please <laughs> introduce yourself? Yeah, so uh, my name is uh, Thijs Verhul. Um, I started studying uh, in Wageningen uh, business and consumption uh, studies at the University of Agriculture in the Netherlands. Before that, uh, I was a ski teacher. I really didn't know what I uh, had to do with my life. Uh, I started law here in Utrecht for two weeks. Uh, I quit that study because law was nothing for me. And then uh, I became a ski teacher in Austria. It was a really fun time, six months of joy and skiing. And then uh, back to reality, started my study and... Yeah, from a moment one, I realized again that studying was like nothing for me. Um, but I kept on doing it and uh, I met uh, Jules Berde and he just told me, hey Thijs, I have uh, three sisters. They have like a shitload of clothes. They can't get rid of it. They are on markplaats.nl. There they get scammed. They're on Facebook groups. There they got scammed. They only uh, want to get rid of their clothes ASAP, but they also want to buy a shitload of secondhand clothes. And I was like, Jules, You got already Marktplaats.nl, you got Facebook groups, why should we build this app? And for four months he kept on uh, like hammering, we have to build this app, we have to build this app. And at one point I was like, okay, fuck you, Shul, I'm going to fix a designer, we're going to make some designs. Uh, then we find to have a, uh, a developer and we're just going to uh, release this MVP, see what it does. If it's nothing, we're going to quick it in a, a week. And if it's something, we just go on. So um, I went to uh, Arnhem, to the Hogeschool. It's like a, uh, you have a study there for designers. And I went on asking people, hey, can you design? Can you design? And then this one guy popped up, Jan, and he was like, yeah, I can do design and I can do it for 50 euros an hour. And I was like, oh, it's uh, a lot of money. I went back uh, to my student home. I posted on my Facebook, hey, does anybody uh, know a designer? Uh, because I have this great idea, Unite Wardrobe, become the biggest wardrobe in the world. Um, one of my friends called me like, hey, I've got a new roomie and he's a designer. So I went to his home and it was literally the same guy I spoke in Arnhem, uh, Jan Me, and he just told me, okay, guy, this is such an amazing uh, coincidence. Let's just do it. 
We spent around 16 uh, evenings at the university, uh, just with a beamer on a wall. Uh, we told John where we wanted to have buttons. It was like a really weird way of designing. We got the first design. Uh, then we found a guy, Thijs Slijkhuis, who was also studying in Wageningen, uh, to build the first MVP, just the website. Uh, it was done in around three months. And uh, on the 15th of uh, January 2014, uh, we launched together with the help from the Wageningen University. They gave us uh, 7.5k uh, <laughs> for the first uh, project. Uh, we sent out a press release. And yeah, the first day we had 500 users. And at that point, I really thought like, okay, I'm just going to launch this platform. And then I'm just going to do my study and it will grow organically. And I will become very rich and I, I don't have to do nothing. And that's really, at that time, as a young student, I was around 21, uh, thought how IT companies worked. You just build Facebook and then it's online and then it grows uh, for itself. That was not the case. <laughs> Immediately from the first day we thought, okay, we need to have an iOS app. We need to have an Android app. People should uh, could use PayPal. And like we got a, uh, had a sick ass backlog. Um, uh, yeah, we, we took the project really seriously. We had 500 registrations at the first day. Uh, I bought something from my mom. Uh, I bought something from my friends in Amsterdam. And then all of a sudden, uh, after being online for five hours, we saw the first transactions coming in. So from people that we didn't know. So like girls from Groningen were buying fashion from girls from Rotterdam. And we're like, huh, does anybody know these people? And like, huh? people are using really the platform. What the fuck? Um, it was only due to word of, word of mouth. Yeah, we used uh, just we had a, a Facebook page. Um, before we went live, we had 2,000 likes on the Facebook page. Uh, the Wageningen University sent out a press release for us. I really had to uh, hustle hard to get that going because the Wageningen University was like, this has nothing to do with agriculture and okay, it's sustainable. So <laughs> because you're cool students, we can do it. Um, but it was just like uh, yeah, getting likes on a Facebook page, uh, getting the university uh, to back us. It was and, the, uh, the good old time of organic reach at Facebook. So yeah. I see tears on uh, William's, uh, William's face. Uh, today, 2,000 likes mean you maybe get like one or two subscribers uh, in such an app. So that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was uh, yeah, around six years ago. Facebook was the platform for young people. Um, nowadays, it's Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. Um, if you now have 2,000 likes and you have 100 people that see your post, it would be great. Um, but me and Jules saw really traction on this platform, so we moved to Amsterdam, to the UVA, to do a minor programming. We really thought, okay, we're going to be, become developers ourselves and build the whole platform ourselves, because that was the big problem. We needed developers to speed up the process, um, uh, but it didn't work out. Thijs S kept on building and building. We kept on growing from like 10 to 20 transactions a day to 30 transactions a day, and then one day we had... 100 transactions a day, still can remember the day. And then it was like booming organically. We found out that, um, yeah, people just love the product. Uh, they found the business model very acceptable. So uh, at United Wardrobe, if you sell an item, you pay 10% commission. And as a buyer, you pay uh, $1.99 and you pay for the shipping costs. Um, so the business model was two-sided. We get 10% of the sellers and $1.99 plus a commission on the labels for the buyers. Um, and this was a solid model. We, like from day one, we were making money so we could immediately invest it in Facebook marketing, in influencer marketing, uh, in paying Thijs uh, as a developer in uh, late hours. Um, and I think for two years, me and Shul never got a euro from the company. 
when we got the first investment, there were two guys uh, from uh, Brabant, Tommy and Duco, really cool entrepreneurs. They did not really had like a click with tech companies, but we had like a really big uh, Volkskrant article written about us. And then from that moment, we got called by a ton of investors. Uh, they already saw that we had good traction in the Netherlands and we uh, fixed our first angel round. Then things become really seriously. We could hire really real developers, hire a customer support team, scale the business in Belgium. Um, and yeah, from that story on, we just kept on a B testing, scaling, building a team, um, getting a new investment round from P Capital and Arthur Costa. And um, yeah, just really learning how the C2C fashion market evolves because it's a really high competitive market we have in the netherlands facebook groups we have markplaats.nl we have vesture collective we have the next closet we have vinted and how can you be uh, how can you give value to your users in such a competitive marketplace we really found out like the key and the secret mix to that and we we're just building around that niche for now and that's still the track that we're on What, what, what do you think is the overall market volume for uh, used fashion in the Netherlands? Um, I think in G, in terms of GMV, yeah, um, uh, yeah, it's really hard to say because it's like uh, there's no not a lot of data about it. But if you look at what uh, Vinted is doing uh, in France, so they sell for around uh, a billion and milliard is a billion, right? Yeah. yeah, they sell for like a billion GMV. Um, the Dutch people uh, make more money, um, so I think uh, the, somewhere between 400 million GMV in the Netherlands should be reachable, and, and is I think the value that got uh, online because there's also a huge market offline. If you look at the flea markets, okay, so, so um, you, you would say the overall market, including offline market, flea market, and secondhand stores, is probably in the billions. Uh, uh, in the Netherlands only, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Okay, and where are you today, just in terms to get some numbers? Uh, Who can I tell the GMV of uh, what we're doing uh, right now? <laughs> or, uh, 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 yeah, we sell uh, we sell a hundred thousand products every month. That's like uh, the figure that we're on right now. Uh, can't tell much about GMV because it's a really competitive landscape, and I think <laughs> my investors and my shareholders wouldn't like if I share these real numbers. Uh, but we uh, do a hundred thousand transactions every month, and that's. Uh, growing. And with that, you're the market leader? In the, Netherlands. in the Netherlands, we are the market leader in fashion. Uh, we're bigger than Marktplaats.nl, still bigger than Vinted, uh, still bigger than the next closet. Uh, is there is there like a regional lock-in uh, to this business? Is it easy like for an outside business like Vinted to grab your customers or uh, because customers are willing to buy stuff, use stuff from Berlin sent into Rotterdam or is it like a local market where it's hard to break in? Um, it's still really uh, difficult to say that um, if we look at our for example our expansion in France so uh, we launched France for like I think one point yeah, one and a half year ago really took France seriously and went on spending there and we immediately saw it was totally different than doing marketing in the Netherlands because in France people already use Vinted for like nine years and they are freaking huge they are as huge as Instagram uh, in France so uh, we started doing marketing and when we were doing marketing in the Netherlands we saw 
that the customer acquisition costs were like really low uh, and that people just adapt and like have this feeling from, hey, whoa, this new app to sell fashion and buy fashion, so cool, uh, so cool, better than Markbouts. Where in France, people already used Vinted uh, compared to Le Bon Con, that's like their marketplace. Uh, and they were like, oh, cool, this is like uh, Vinted, but then for fashion, oh, cool. But I also use Vinted to do this and this and this, but I use United Wardrobe for this and this and this. So we had to find a whole another niche of like really more hipster stuff really more brand uh, stuff than we're doing in the netherlands and if, if you are are you able to describe like the standard customer journey uh i, I understood uh, from what i saw at united wardrobe it's uh, it's primarily uh female yeah. uh, fashion so uh how do you find like a new customer like on the one side a new supplier uh where do you find uh her Today, mm -hmm. how much stuff is she uploading in the first batch? Is she, is she loyal? Sticks, yeah. Is she sticky to the platform? And uh, what kind of business uh, can uh, she expect? Yeah. So, for example, uh, you come to uh, hockey training. Uh, there's this one girl saying, hey, I just uh, bought these Nikes from this uh, United Wardrobe app. Super cool. Bought them for like 50 euro. And then you are like, okay, what is this app? So uh, you download the app or you get an invite link from her for five euro discount. Um, you open the app and you immediately see that you, that it's totally different than anything else if you expected Marktplatz or Facebook group. So you can scroll to an immense load of fashion. We have 1.5 million products um, and we have a feed running there. Uh, so for everybody that opens uh, our app and logs in, almost 75% comes back the next day because they are like addicted to this scrolling. They have, they know that from Instagram, they know that from other apps um, and it's our mission to have this feed as relevant as possible. So you need to see products for the right prices, from the right brands, from the right people. You can follow other people on the platform um, and the most sticky loyal users, they upload a product. So they try to sell something and if somebody lists a product, the chance that he also buys is 70%. So 70% of all products that sell on our platform also buy on the platform. And if a user gets locked in by placing a product, they will get reactions on the product. They will maybe sell the product, they add new pictures or whatever. And they're constantly active on this app. So it's like our mission to get people placing products, uh, stay on the app and like have marketing campaigns to um, get them constantly back to the app to have their... But, but is then the average user using, using the app like on a daily basis? Yeah. Like looking up for stuff? Yeah. 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 I think um, of our core user base, around uh, 60% uses daily. Oh, okay. could, you, could you say something about the age brackets? Because uh, male, female, you yeah. said it's predominantly female. It's uh, female. And, and, and yeah. age groups? Um, 16 to 24 is uh, the biggest cohort. Right. So 16 to 24 uh, is around 65% of our user base. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just launched United Wardrobe Kids Clothes uh, because in the Netherlands, uh, we are like stuffed with young uh, girls and we really saw that the early mommies uh, also wanted to sell their clothes. They emailed us like, hey, how can I sell uh, my baby clothes in United Wardrobe? There's no categories. And we're like, okay, yeah, we have to build it. And uh, a month ago, we launched United Wardrobe Kids Clothes. Uh, and we uh, immediately saw that like all these mommies already tried and list their products. And we now have to figure out how to get this whole mommy marketplace going in the Netherlands. That's like the core thing in the Netherlands. To, okay. Uh, and, and wouldn't you say that um, if there's like users using your app um, every day 
um, those users are really sticky. So those yeah. users, they, they don't have an incentive to download the Vinted app or to yeah. download the Vestiaire uh, uh, app or, or, the, or the other ones. Um, now I've seen in, in Germany at least uh, there's uh, the Zalando wardrobe service uh, um, going on where like in, in Zalando is I think big in the Netherlands too. Um, they're allowing users to uh, um, to sell stuff they have uh, bought at Zalando. I think stuff you bought uh, within the last 24 months are listed automatically in such an app. Um, isn't that like a, a big danger that dominant online retailers are uh, are getting into the space or would you say no they only can get a tiny bracket of the market i think it's a tiny bracket because these guys don't know really how to build uh, a platform that's also really social because we get like high interaction amongst followers so just like on instagram people build following on our app we have users with 200k following every time they place a product 200k people get this notification so, for example, if Zalando will do this same thing in the Netherlands, they first have to go through an acquisition of like 4.5 million people to get over our volumes. I think that is not impossible, but super hard. If you now look at how Vinted is trying to enter the Dutch market and yeah, you see the difficult they have and the ad spend they already had. And I think they are just like, um, they widen up the market. So, for example, if you look at Google Trends data to see how many people Google on secondhand clothing, it's never been this big as now in the Netherlands because Vint is doing TV ad and activates people that are not busy with secondhand clothing. They now see, oh, Vint is also on the television. They download the app. They also see us, our app as recommended. They upload some items on Vinted. They don't sell all their items. They also upload it at us, at Marktplatz, and just... The place where you can sell the fa your fashion the quickest will win eventually in this market. So it's not impossible for Zalando to enter this market, but it's super difficult and costly. And, and is it is it a game that can be won by money? So uh, um, you've mastered the marketplace game so far uh, without huge amounts of money. So you needed money, external money, but not like 50 million to enter the marketplace. So um, is it possible... And you've, you've said you have 1.5 million products uh, yeah. on your platform. And um, how, how, many users, uh, how many users? We have, have almost uh, 4 million registered users uh, and around uh, 150 to 200k active daily users. Uh, okay. And, and how many of those users are registered from the Netherlands? Oh, in the Netherlands, we have around 3 million registrations. Okay. But then, have you, then you have like almost 100% coverage uh, uh, from supplier yeah. sides of a lot of products and yeah. uh, from, uh, from, a, from a demand side. And then I, I'm questioning a little bit uh, uh, like from an outside perspective, is it something I can break up with money? So what is like, what would, in, what would convince a user to go to another marketplace apart from giving him vouchers? So please yeah. download this app, you have yeah. uh, 100 euros and then you can buy everything for free. So that is, uh, uh, that is stuff I can imagine, but you... you, you Uh, a Vinted or Vestia Collective or others, they they couldn't get more products on the platform in a reasonable time. Or, no. or could they? No. Like, of course, uh, we live in a capitalistic society. Uh, you can do a lot with money, but you can't do anything with money. Um, if you now look what Vinted is doing in the Dutch market, and literally when it was June and they started with their TV ads, uh, me uh, and Shul were like, okay. 
what the fuck is happening? They are now launching in the Netherlands, our main market. Okay, the game is really on. What the fuck is going to happen? Um, and we were, first of all, first week, we were like totally stressed. We are like, okay, what the fuck? Our competitor, they have like a shitload of money. They just raised 50 million. Uh, okay, what should, should we do? Yeah, what can we do next to just building the perfect product, maintaining our users, uh, looking at real data, don't listen to people that say, oh, I saw Vinted on the telly, because everybody nowadays tells me like, oh, uh, I just saw a Vinted on the telly, don't you have a lot of competition now, you know? Um, so we just said, okay, fuck it, we're just gonna tunnel vision, focus on our product, have the best experience, have the best shipping labels, the best shipping integration, the best prices, um, and see where it goes from there. And we really saw uh, that winter came really early uh, this season and we had a real good traction uh, on winter clothes and um, yeah we outperformed our business model in September and October uh, by around 16 to 70 percent so uh, we really made money like green numbers that was not happening since like three years because we were like burning money, getting new markets open uh, and we really focused on becoming like uh, having this positive model running for us. Um, and we really saw that Vinted, the people that registered on Vinted also were listing at our platform. Like we had like tons of organic registrations of people, like thousands of Dutch registrations coming from these TV ads because these people download the Vinted app, they talk about selling fashion, their friends recommend, oh, maybe you should also try United Wardrobe and they also list at our platform. Um, so we were like, okay, maybe we should call Vinted and tell them to do more <laughs> TV ads. Um, but in the end of the day, uh, we will see what happens because they really are spending and we of course see that also some of our users use their platform uh, it's a synergy we really want to stay focused on this core audience and they really have to spend like i think to reach the, these volumes in the netherlands yeah they i think have to spend what they already spent for tenfold uh, and it's just not feasible if there's already a marketplace we will always stay there uh, even if we spend zero amount of marketing money and they will spend like 10 million every month, we will still be a place to sell fashion because it just works. And if these young girls, they know like, okay, last summer I sold this on United World, I'm just also going to try it. Um, Let's talk numbers a little bit more because what fascinated me is that you said that you have around 3 million users in the Netherlands. Yeah. And if your target audience is female, uh, 16 to 24, probably you have 100% or almost 100% uh, adoption rate? Yeah, around uh, 75% uh, of the people uh, are registered in that So lo lo looking at how to earn more money, it's probably uh, your, your marketing efforts probably are also focused on user retention. Yeah. And with that, uh, personalization is important, knowing uh, what customers will buy next. Yeah. So how does your retention strategy look like? And what kind of data models are you using to personalize their their feeds and their well the, the 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 customer experience when they are on your app? Yeah, so we have a collaborative filtering model. Um, it works like this. So, for example, uh, you looked for a Nike Air Force size 39 white in New States for around 120 euro. You clicked on that product, and our collaborative filtering model makes a map of around 40 products that are similar to that product and serves that in the feed and your sales results. 
we really saw the feed improve uh, by around 4% while implementing that model. Okay. Uh, we also look at, okay, where is this user searching for? So for example, if you search on Stone Island on the platform, we know people that buy Stone Island also prefer to buy Nike, Carhartt, um, Adidas and some other uh, street fashion brands. Uh, and people that buy Dior purses also tend to buy Louis Vuitton things. So we really connect users uh, to each other. We also have this thing called Your Fashion Twin. So we look at what kind of products has this user uh, lo- searched for and looked up. Okay, we match these 100 products with somebody that has the same age, the same size, uh, the same preferences yeah. and we serve out 100 products that that person likes that are not inside of the 100 products of the other fashion twin. So we're constantly matching users together um, but um, the main KPI is uh, the percentage from registration to first-time buyer and the regist- uh, registration to first-time product placer and eventually that results in a success rate of selling and we see that like steadily improve over time. And if the success rate of selling improves, the, or we see also the value of the um, uh, transaction improves. So I can't talk real, <laughs> really numbers because then people can figure out RGMV and blah, blah, blah. But um, we really see that because people trust United Wardrobe, they already bought like six products of around 40 euros, they tend to also buy products from 120 euro because they trust the platform more and more. And how, how do you uh, establish these these algorithms that, that calculate scores and, and give lookalike products uh, a favorable rating in somebody's app? Do you have a data science team here or yeah. do you work with like, yeah. uh, off-the-shelf uh, machine learning solutions. Um, so hopefully I won't make any uh, errors because it's not my daily business to do this. But um, we have uh, Frederik Hemming. Uh, he's doing our. Uh, he's the head of our data. Um, he worked for TicketSwap. He worked for Treatwell, uh, and he has all his data in Looker. Uh, and in Looker uh, has a direct connection to our Redshift database. And in our Redshift database, there are these algorithms running, yeah. and they're pumping the data to Looker. Um, and we can see real time how they perform and we can toggle these metrics so we yeah. can say, okay, we want a bit more Nike in your algorithm or we want a bit more Louis Vuitton or a bit more products that match other users. Um, and yeah, so and this model is filled and uh, like fee also a component is this collaborative filtering model. Um, but deeper than that, uh, it's oh, not really my uh, uh, <laughs> So it's AWS yeah. for the for the hosting, Redshift probably, yeah, uh, and then uh, Looker for the yeah BI and and audiences and segmentation uh, yeah. modeling. Yeah, and yeah, I really love those tools. They are super easy. I'm not that tech. Uh, I know how to code a bit, uh, but these are just like super handy tools. That there's a lot of uh, stuff on GitHub to read about if you don't understand anything. And um, by the way, Looker just got acquired by Google yeah. for uh, two billion uh, euros. Yeah, so super safe. safe bet, probably. Yeah, maybe they will call you up to uh, start uh, using Google Cloud and TensorFlow and the other cool stuff Google is offering. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, we now uh, use uh, Amazon uh, because yeah. our yeah. Um, investors also have a good deal with Amazon. And okay. when we got our funding, um, 
yeah, we also had uh, a lot of credits on Amazon. So that's I have a question how you process these transactions. You don't let uh, them ship to your office, right? So it's, no. a, it's, a, it's a real C2C transaction. Yeah. And, uh, um, in, in Germany, I think the most popular marketplace is uh, the... Um, Kleiderkreisel? Uh, no, no, no. Not, for fashion, maybe, yeah. But uh, for stuff to sell is uh, eBay Clemenzeigen. So, yeah. uh, so the eBay marketplace. And there's like, I, I think there's like 1,000 memes going on on eBay Kleinanzeigen when it comes to how people are acting and communicating uh, on the app. They're not answering. They are always asking for discounts. Are they behaving really, really bad? Yeah. So uh, uh, if uh, Willem was... Uh, uh, putting its, its mobile phone for a good price on there, like uh, next 10 seconds, you will have like five people uh, 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 asking if, if they could get it for free because they're nice. Uh, and is, is, isn't that like a challenge on your platform too, that people don't behave as you expected because it always uh, falls back to you, right? It's yeah. part of your reputation yeah. uh, management because people are putting on stuff they don't own, maybe, or the quality is not as good as they. Uh, as a state uh, in the comments, how, how, how yeah. do you manage that? So in a in a perfect world, um, around I think now 88% of the transactions goes like this. So uh, a user sees a product listed for a certain price, hmm. they put it in their basket, they pay the product. As a seller, you will receive a shipping label. You walk to PostNL. You don't have to print any label. You just scan in the app. They post something on your product, you ship it within three days. It's also, our users ship very fast because they want their money. Um, they ship the product, you get it on uh, your floor, you pack the product out, the seller says, hey, can you please approve it if it's all good? You say, okay, all good, and after 24 hours we pay out 90%. Around 88% of our transactions go like this. We also have um, a model where people can bid on products. So, for example, um, I see you listed some Nike sneakers for 100 euro. I'm like, mm, not sure. I bid 80 euro, and you see this coming in 80 euro. Mm, yeah, that's cool. But I can counter bid 85 euro. You fill in counter bid 85, and if you accept it, you can immediately pay it. Uh, so we don't have these annoying things going on where you have to email people and have to talk about price. It's just like a system to bid. And people really love it because if you receive a bid on Marktplatz.nl or on Vinted, it's just a bid. Like only, I think, 20% of these bids are really serious. Like people trying to get things for really low amounts of money. So you can also only bid for 75% of the price that a user asks. So if you ask 100 euro, I can minimal do a bid of 75 euro. Uh, and we really see that users love this system because it's like no hassle, no weird communication, no calling, mm -hmm. no emailing, just stays on one app. Um, and um, what was the question again? Sorry. How, how do you manage bad behavior for both yeah. sides, buyers yeah. and sellers? So, uh, for example, uh, you list a product, um, I do the transaction, I buy it from you, and you don't ship it. And you don't react and comment, or what the fuck, I paid. Uh, then I can just go to the order page. I say cancel transaction. And if you don't react in 48 hours on that cancellation request, it got immediately canceled if you not shipped the product yet. So if you used your shipping label, we know where your product is, then you cannot cancel the order, of course. Or otherwise, people can just order a shitload of items, then cancel anything, get their money back and their products. Um, so there's a security in that. Um, so if you don't react on me, uh, I just cancel the order myself, you get a bad review, um, and I get my money back within 24 hours. 
if you sell a product that is dirty, if you sell a product that is not real, if you sell a product in the wrong size, if you sell a product with photos that not is matching the photos, and I receive that product from you, um, you can take one picture and send in a return request. So for example, I buy Nike from you in size 41, you ship the product, I get them home, they're dirty and they're size 40. Then I'm like, okay, what the fuck? Put it in the box again, return request, ship it back, get all my money back. Um, and our team of customer support is handling these requests. So they're really looking at, okay, what has this user done in the past? Is this the user we can trust? Um, is, the, is it really true that they can ship it back? Because uh, it's secondhand fashion and it's not normal clothes. So uh, there is no policy on returning. Um, but we give our users this uh, added value by giving them the customer support that if they buy something and it's not real, it's not on, the, it's dirty, it's not the same size, it's not what it is on the photo, then you can ship it back. Otherwise, if you just buy something and it's not really what you expect it to be, they cannot ship it so, back. So using a radio system where uh, sellers and buyers are getting like a star rating, yeah. like you're a five star seller, so yeah. uh, most probably all the products you're selling are really there. Yeah. Yeah, we have uh, users that are, have over 1,500 five stars and, uh, and ratings. And in Germany, we're discussing now a lot of uh, a lot of stuff um, going on with uh, Chinese um, sellers on eBay and Amazon uh, uh, doing like fraudulent offers, uh, in, and in general, try to try to uh, uh, try to. Do fraud on marketplaces? Do you see yeah. that a lot on, on uh, yeah? We have a, a fraud uh, protection system, so we have certain users that say, "Hey, uh, my number is this. Can you please uh, WhatsApp me, and then uh, I will send you a ticky, for example." Uh, or hey, can you please what send is me ticky? Uh, is uh, yeah, how do you explain this? Okay, I can. Like, so we had food together, and I paid 30 euro. Then I sent you a ticky of 15 euro. You pay it, I get the ah. money. Um, but this, there is now on ticky. There's just like just like all the people that were scamming on Markplatz now jumped on Tiki and they have built like a hundred different websites with like Tiki with only one K dot NL and then they also made like modules for this. It's like super oh. scammy shizzle. Um, so these off-platform transactions, how, how we call them, um, in, in the beginning of United Water, we had a lot of trouble because people didn't trust that United Water yet. Uh, trust is also one of the most important components of a marketplace. Um, and they uh, all were doing sales like via Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so we have a model running to control that. So, uh, for example, if you say, hey, please contact me off this platform, uh, we see it in our customer support and we can look this user up. Uh, so, and we immediately block these messages just on Airbnb. If you want to send a number, you have the same model and that's just to keep these users safe. Um, and we also, if you look at a, a product page, you also see never give your phone number or any credentials to other parties. Please use our system. But people are people and people uh, will always try to get an even better bargain. Uh, and that's at their risk. If they use our platform, everything is safe. If they go communicating outside the platform, we cannot guarantee anything. Um, yeah. Maybe a uh, final question uh, before wrapping up this, this, this very interesting uh, interview with you. Um, I saw that you also opened an outlet. Yeah. Um, you're an online marketplace. Yeah. <laughs> Going offline. I think that's a strategy that... No, no, no it's <laughs> still more, online. Uh, it's still online. Oh, it's an online. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. So 
problem number one. Yeah. Not everybody is selling all their clothes. Just like it's impossible, of course. It's there's no marketplace that sells everything. Yeah. There's a certain percentage of products that get listed that get sold. And we really wanted to fix that problem. We really wanted to up those numbers yeah. and to make people happy. Okay. Um, so after you placed your products for three days on United Wardrobe, you get the option to place them in our outlet and we determine the prices in the outlet. So for okay. example, we know which products sell for which prices. Yeah. You list your Nikes for 100 euro uh, and uh, we're just going to tell you, okay, you can list them for 40 euros in the outlet. Then they get extra exposure to all the users because every day we send push notifications to users. Hey, the outlet is open and yeah. every day it goes open. Yeah. Your products are in there for three days. Uh, they get super, like a triple exposure as normally and you can just clear out your whole closet. Uh, that's why we built the outlet. Okay. It really sounds like an offline thing, but it's just it's a online. section yeah. on the yeah. website and in, in the app. And do you then cooperate also with, say, the flea markets and, and all the, uh, the shops in the street that also sell yeah. second? Because I can imagine that uh, you could be an extension of their business. Yeah, and we are. All right. uh, we see this uh, behavior more and more, like professional parties uh, selling on our platform. Uh, United World was built for consumers, um, but we are now also seeing some interesting pivots in these marketplaces, also in uh, returns. Um, so I'm talking to the guys of uh, Returnista and uh, there's this guy from Bay Bay uh, coming to the office and uh, because we had this idea, so what if you want to return a product on, for example, Zalando um, and you can choose to return it or immediately place it at United Wardrobe and try to sell it yourself plus get some extra from Zalando or whatever and if we can reduce the return rate of Zalando by like 3%, we can save them millions. Yeah. Uh, so it's a really interesting business model. There's Would also they then become a reseller and being marked on your websites, say this is yeah. a professional party behind it, like like Bold.com is doing? Um, no, it really works like this. So you, you, be, you bought a pair of uh, Dr. Martens. Um, you're like, hmm, not really my thing. I want to return it. And you are on the return page of Zalando. And you see there, okay, click here to get a shipping label and return it. Or click here and get an offer of like 450 euro extra or whatever and put it yourself on United Wardrobe and keep the product. So then we're gonna offer the consumer the option just to keep his return, try to sell it themselves and get an extra offer. And what that extra offer is and how quick we can get it on our platform because we have all the photos and the data so within one click they can post it on our platform. They won't get the retail price but if it matches um, the offer they can get, maybe Zalando can save a lot of returns. And if only 1% of the returns does this, it's already huge. That's because right. like, of course, 90% of the people are just think, hmm, I want my money back. But maybe like a percentage of people will think, hmm, just gonna listen myself, get this cool offer, maybe 50 euro extra shopping credit or whatever. Because if Zalando can cancel a return, they can make like a lot of money. Um, so yeah, we're really looking at, at this new model. Uh, and to get this going, we really need parties to help us. Uh, they're already big, so for example, ASOS or Zalando. But there is really interesting things going on there. And we, we have to do that because we have to uh, be different than Vinted, be different than Marktplatz.nl, otherwise you won't survive. And we've always done this by building this bidding model, uh, building this UPS label shipping integration, uh, building a feed for our users, um, and adding value to our product because if we just stay the same and we don't adopt every fucking month or every sprint of 14 days, we just become eaten by 
competition and our competition had shitloads of money we are super capital efficient and we have to stay that way so every euro we spend every user we get in we have to treat with gloves and yeah just uh, let them become paying users i think it's uh, really important for us very cool. My very last question in this podcast, uh, uh, everybody uh, uh, gets it, is uh, uh, for 2020, and it's good, uh, cool that we are in uh, December 19. Yeah. What is your, your biggest project or your biggest thing you're looking forward to? Mm. Is it, uh, I think at United Wardrobe, if we can really make uh, a marketplace where also young parents love to buy and sell, uh, if we can get that going, I would be really, really happy. Why do you think this is not possible by just adding another category? It's a different user. It's a whole different user. It's a user that has money, expects way more from us. They're buying clothes from their children. And that's such an other thing than buying clothes for yourself. Um, and, and, and also crack open the French market by giving a um, yeah an, uh, a thing that the French user cannot get from Vinted. So really a personalized selection of selected clothes, not just only user-generated content, but like really carefully selected clothes, just matching your needs. If we can do that and we see it more and more and more, Plus, we also uh, adapt our model. So uh, we're going to uh, adapt our model to the French market. Um, and if we can crack the kids' clothes market in the Netherlands and crack uh, the French market on building this perfectly hipster selling app that we are already are in, are in France and we are the only one that survived next to Vinted because Vestiaire Collective is having real, really trouble. Um, V-dressing got bought by Le Bon Con and also has big problems. And we are the only party that can survive next to Vinted as a fashion marketplace. I think uh, then I'm really uh, happy. It's uh, going to be a tough cookie. <laughs> I hope you liked this episode and I hope you will listen to the next ones. Most probably the next ones are going to be recorded in Stockholm because our third moderator, Lena Hackeler, was able to get some very, very interesting guests from the Swedish market for Wimlex. We're going to meet them in early January. So we'll, you will hear from us again in January. Until then, have a good Christmas time and a happy new year. <laughs>